If you are just getting started with the NGSS and 3D teaching, I want to invite you to check out Bring Wonder Back, an on-demand video series designed to help you understand why moving through the textbook and teaching topics is actually crushing your students' curiosity and what you can do instead. It's going to help you shift the work of learning where it belongs by building your understanding of explorations and discovery-based teaching practices. And finally, I'm going to help you take the first steps toward transforming your students into scientists through 3D learning, which is really what the NGS is all about. You can access this video series at iExploreScience/wonder and get ready to bring wonder engagement and a love for learning back to your science class. All right, to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. My name is Nicole Van Tassel. And I'm Erin Sadler. And we are two science teachers dedicated to helping you cut through the confusion and meet the intent of the NGSS so you can master all three dimensions. The NGSS can seem totally overwhelming, but implementing these standards doesn't need to be. Hi everyone, it's Erin, and today I'm recording solo. And last week we wrapped up our three-episode series on teaching NGSS online. I hope you enjoyed those episodes, and if you haven't listened to them, and you're teaching online or in a hybrid scenario, or even if you're online in the classroom to help you with social distancing, make sure that you listen to those episodes. Also, we've been addressing listener questions in most of our episodes, which both Nicole and I really enjoy. You can submit your own questions at teachingsciencein3d.com slash questions. We would love to hear from you. Today, we're going to switch gears a little bit, and I'm going to talk to you about interactive notebooks. I have been using interactive notebooks in my classroom since my second year of teaching, and I'm beginning year 14, so it's been a while. And even though I've been using them for quite a long time, I haven't really settled on a format or an exact strategy for setting up my interactive notebook because I don't do the same thing every year. And because my interactive notebook setup has changed as my understanding of NGSS has evolved. So I think it makes sense to spend some time talking about what my interactive notebooks used to be. Like I said, I started using my interactive notebooks in my second year as an intern teacher, and I basically copied the format that one of my instructors used. The instructor followed a left-side, right-side format. This meant that when I lectured, students would write down their notes on the right side. The right side was reserved for input. On the left side, students would take something from the material that they learned and do something with it. This might be a worksheet or a foldable or something like that. The teacher that I was following also required her students to use color because she said it helped them learn. So I thought that sounded right, and I required my students to use color as well. And I basically did exactly what she told me, and my students were essentially creating their own bright, well-decorated textbook that they could refer back to so that they could memorize all of the stuff that I was trying to get them to memorize. I had other strategies for input on the right side, like, for example, I dedicated some of the right side pages to vocabulary, and then students would do left side activities where they would write sentences using vocab or something like that. I always front-loaded the vocabulary because I thought that that was what you were supposed to do, so that's what I did. At the time, we were fully immersed in No Child Left Behind, and this format supported it really well. 
This format really helped with memorization because students were looking at things multiple times, but it didn't really help with critical thinking. And then I started looking at the NGSS, and this format didn't hold up at all. The problem was that it overemphasized my role in the classroom. All right-side activities were something that I was inputting for the students, and then the students passively did something with that information on the left side. As I was trying to make modifications to my notebook to make it more aligned with NGSS, I realized how much passive time students were spending working on these notebooks in my classroom. I was teaching students to parrot back information, but they weren't really learning that much. For the past several years, I've been thinking about what the true purpose of an interactive notebook is in an NGSS aligned class. And of course, with most things NGSS, when I started thinking about this, it was pretty scary because it meant that I had to change a lot in my classroom. Also, I've seen students take their own notes and it's not great. For example, they miss big pieces of information. And this is what I was really worried about. If, if they were recording most of the information as notes, but they were taking poor notes, then they'd be missing key pieces of information from the class. But the notes and the left side, right side thing were really part of the problem. And we've said it before, but I'll say it again. There isn't anything inherently wrong with taking notes. Even in an NGSS aligned classroom, there's still likely a way to incorporate notes in a meaningful way. I like to use a lecture style format to teach students about the cross-cutting concepts and science and engineering practices. I use a lecture format when it isn't possible or practical for students to learn something through meaning making. For me, notes are a great way to take information from a source like a lecture, reading, video, or whatever, and make sense of those things. But it's not a great way for students to make meaning on their own. Remember with NGSS, we are using a discovery-based approach so that students are figuring out the hows and the whys on their own. When you are ready to revamp your interactive notebook, you really need to have a notebook that reflects your new way of teaching. It should be student-driven rather than teacher-led. That being said, you'll need to help students with the overall organization of the notebook because they won't really know how to start that piece. And really, the notebook is a place for students to track their understanding and their learning over time. So what does that look like? Student notebooks in an NGSS class are very reflective of the science and engineering practices and cross-cutting concepts. Most pages are a link between one of those dimensions and the content that we're covering. For example, I always start my lesson sequence with an anchoring phenomenon. So while I'm introducing that anchoring phenomenon, I usually start with a notice and wonder activity. I present my phenomenon to students and students write down what they notice and wonder about the phenomenon. Students are using the science and engineering practice of asking questions. They're writing down their own questions and the questions of their peers in their notebook. This is something that we can refer back to throughout the lesson sequence as we answer these questions. I talk about using these questions in your storyline back in season two, episode two, if you want to check that out. Once I've introduced the phenomenon, we add in another practice. We might do some modeling. Students might make an initial model of what they think is happening with the phenomenon, or maybe we'll look for patterns in the phenomenon. Or maybe they'll plan an investigation to help them make sense of the phenomenon. In that case, I would have them write their experimental design in their notebook. 
For me, it's most effective when I provide them with some scaffolding to help them with these practices or making connections to the cross-cutting concepts. I personally like to use graphic organizers. This makes it easier for me to check key components that I want them to be thinking about or things that I want to look for when I'm walking around my classroom. I have a full bundle for the cross-cutting concepts in my Teachers Pay Teachers store. I'll link to those in the show notes, and um, I'm sending you a bunch of places today, so there will be a lot of links in the notes today. So in addition to these connections to the cross-cutting concepts and science and engineering practices, we still keep our vocabulary in the notebook like we did before, but now I don't front-load the vocabulary. Instead, I introduce it after students have had the chance to have some kind of experience with the term. And I could spend a lot of time explaining that, but really, you should go back and listen to Season 2, Episode 4. In that episode, Nicole does a great job of explaining why you should stop front-loading your vocabulary and what you should do instead. So, since a lot of us are working in the digital world, this is probably a great time to address a question that we got from our listener, Joe. Joe writes, previously, you've briefly talked about interactive notebooks. Can interactive notebooks be done virtually? What are the benefits of doing them physically versus online? There are so many great strategies for building interactive notebooks online. I'm going to talk about a few resources that you can check out. I have a blog post on a method that I've previously used. I call it the table of contents method. And I have students create a table of contents with links to any electronic document, video, or picture, or whatever it is that we're using in class. I absolutely love this method because students can link to anything, so it's super flexible. This year, my team wanted to try using Google Slides, so we're using that as our digital notebook. Basically, what I did was I created a digital notebook outline with all of the science and engineering practices and cross-cutting concepts for my students to refer back to throughout the year. Then I created a unit notebook for each storyline that I teach. I made them a copy in Google Classroom so that I can look at their notebook to check on their progress. This method is working really well, but it's much more labor-intensive on the front end. Nicole made a really great video discussing digital notebooking that is on her YouTube channel, and I'll link to that as well. She really goes into depth about all of the methods for digital notebooking. If you're interested in digital notebooking and what that looks like in an NGSS class, that's an amazing place to start. And she also has some really good examples of notebooks that she has created. As far as the pros and cons go, one of the things I really like about a digital notebook is that it's really hard to lose things. I also like that I can pull things in from different types of media and give students a place to link to that that they can refer back to. I also like that it can be graded in. It's super flexible in that way. One of the downsides is that it really takes away from the number of times that students are putting pen to paper. And I think that having that tangible piece where students are actually physically writing does them a lot of good. In the past, I've used both a digital notebook and a paper notebook. And I'm not sure that I love that strategy either, but it's also something that you can consider. So I really wanted this episode to get you thinking about some of the changes you might want to make to your own notebook in order to make it more aligned with NGSS. I also wanted to encourage you to get rid of that right side, left side format if it's not encouraging a student-driven environment and if you're still using that strategy. 
It's important that your interactive notebook supports those shifts that have come with NGSS. And I want you to know it's really easy to start making these changes at any point during your school year. So you don't have to start at the beginning or at the end of the semester or anything like that. You can really start making small changes anytime. Remember that if you have any questions, you can submit them at teachingscienceand3d.com slash questions. We would also love it if you would take the time to write us a review because it helps us to get recognized by other science teachers who might be interested in this material. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you have a great week. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to sadlerscience.com slash 3dplanner to grab yours. That's sadlerscience.com slash 3dplanner.